This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, March 18th. There's a new utility scam that is currently targeting seniors in Illinois and Missouri, and Ameren is alerting customers to watch out for it. Customers are contacted by scammers, pretend to be Ameren representatives, offering a special discounted rate of $29.99, which is sometimes called a senior discount. If an Ameren customer receives a suspected scam call, they should hang up immediately and call Ameren Missouri at 1-800-552-7583. The Missouri Highway Patrol has two upcoming opportunities to obtain your Missouri Boater Education ID card in Camdenton and Jefferson City. The Camdenton class starts Saturday, April 9th at the Lake Career and Technical Center. The Jefferson City class starts Saturday, May 7th at Troop F Headquarters. For more information about the classes and to sign up, go to the Missouri Highway Patrol website. The lake's largest and longest-running boat show is just a few short weeks away. The Lambda Inwater Boat Show at Dog Days Bar and Grill starts Friday, April 22nd and runs till Sunday, April 24th. Numerous lake marinas will have everything from wave runners to yachts on display. For more information on the show, check out the Lambda website at lakeozarkboatdealers.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events and the boating lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. St. Louis Blues coming up short again last night at home to the Penguins, their second straight loss. That after winning two in a row, they'll be back at it tomorrow on the road in Columbus. NASCAR boys will be in Atlanta this weekend. Chase Briscoe scored his first cup win at Phoenix last week. He is the 200th winner in the Premier Series history. College basketball, it's day two of the big dance, the big NCAA tournament. 16 more games today after 16 yesterday. And this is Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski's last big dance. That's right, one of the greatest of all time. The season is over for the MSU Bears. They lost in the first round of the NIT tournament earlier this week, and the Mizzou Tigers didn't have a very good year. They finished 12-21, and didn't make any postseason. As far as college baseball and softball goes, busy weekend for Mizzou and MSU. The Mizzou boys, baseball team 12-2, and they've got three games against fifth-ranked Vandy this weekend. That's on the road. Missouri State is 8-7, and, and they've got a three-game series against Southeast Missouri. 
country this weekend. As for the ladies, softball, Mizzou Lady Tigers are uh, 18-6. and six. They've got a uh, bunch of games this weekend. The Mizzou Classic against Northwestern, Ball State, and Stanford. The Missouri State ladies are 8-12. and 12. They are busy this weekend against Illinois State. And the high school basketball Final Four State Tournament continues today in Springfield with classes 4, 5, and 6. They will crown their uh, state champions this weekend. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see it at 7, 5, and 11 every day. In fact, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. You don't want to miss it. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. Also free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozark shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. There is a battle raging for the hearts and minds of our children, a battle to erase Christian values and constitutional principles. Concerned Women for America of Missouri invites you to their state conference April 9th in Springfield to hear leaders and experts speak on important issues including critical race theory, transgenderism, and election integrity. You'll leave inspired and equipped. The night before, CWA will hold their pastor-to-pastor dinner, leading in today's culture. Learn what churches can legally do to bring biblical values to all areas of influence and lead your congregation in these difficult times. There's no cost to pastors. RSVP on Eventbrite. For information, visit the CWA of Missouri Facebook events page. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. All right, here we are. It's 8.07. Good morning, and thanks for joining us on The Daily Show. Another great program lined up for you, and uh, I've got some uh, 
it's really exciting news, something that uh, we are excited about here at Key Radio. And I will share that with you here in just a little bit. Right now, uh, a lot of folks are kind of concerned about the weather and what it's going to be doing. So let's uh, get right to it. Uh, here in uh, beautiful downtown Osage Beach at the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors, we're at about 55 degrees. We might see a little bit more in terms of that temperature, maybe 56, 57 before it is all said and done. Uh, we will uh, kind of hit the hit the mark, plateau if you will, uh, right around noon, 1 o'clock. And then uh, the cold front moves in and really starts to uh, knock those temperatures down. Probably by uh, 2, 3, 4 o'clock we'll be into the 40s. And uh, as I said... With some of this precipitation lingering, we might even be in line for a little bit of the white stuff, but nothing of any real significance or accumulation. However, wet roads and cold temperatures can obviously equal some slick spots, so you might want to keep that in mind. Looking at the National Weather Service radar right now, we're seeing some uh, uh, light to moderate rainfall moving through the region, and uh, not a whole lot to tell you about there. Uh, Some heavier rain down to the south of us, off to the west of us. As a matter of fact, uh, Laclede County was under a severe thunderstorm watch until about 8.30 this morning. So folks down around the Lebanon area and to the south of us in Laclede County who are listening this morning, you're under uh, under the spell, if you will, for about another 20 minutes or so. Not too uh, terribly bad, though, I think, and uh, we'll get through this one and kind of shake it off and get back to the weather that we enjoy around this time of year. Got to tell you, I guess I, I forgot what they're called. And and I know they're perennials. I do know that much. Uh, I don't know if they're buttercups or whatever the heck they are. Uh, But they come up every year in our backyard. And they started blooming yesterday. And that was nice to see. And I thought, well, normally what happens is those things will start blooming. And the next thing you know, you turn around and uh, you get cold weather and snow. Actually, 59 is where we'll end up before it's all set and done today. Showers, thunderstorms, clouds, rain likely during the afternoon. Occasional light rain possible tonight. So nothing real uh, real standout-ish about this uh, forecast. Your garden variety showers and thunderstorms is what they're talking about. 38 for the overnight low. We'll uh, get back up to 61 for the high tomorrow, a low of 38, a partly cloudy sky. Sunny and 76 on Sunday with a low of 51. 69 the high on Monday with a low of 50. 64 on Tuesday will drop down to 46 for the overnight low and really not do a whole lot to uh, make it into the upper 40s on Wednesday with some rain in the forecast. Actually, rain uh, possible uh, Monday afternoon and evening, rain possible through the period on Tuesday. And showers possible on Wednesday as well. Then clouds in 49 on Thursday. Friday looks partly cloudy, a high of 59. We're back at the low to mid-60s by next weekend. 8-11 is our time. Real quick check of what's going on out there at uh, Bagnell Dam. Lake level at 654.46. River level at 553.67. Always great to be able to talk to our friends from uh, Concerned Women for America of Missouri. And the, this morning, we are talking with the CWA of Missouri Legislative Liaison. Her name is Alyssa Johnson, and she is joining us to uh, kind of talk about some more great events that they've got uh, coming up. Normally, we talk to uh, Bev Allen. Bev is in transit this morning and uh, was concerned, obviously, about the cell signal. So we wanted to make sure we had a solid lock, and that is where we are right now with... Uh, Alyssa Johnson joining us. And Alyssa, how are you this morning? 
I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Love to love to talk about the great things that you folks are doing and uh, keeping people aware of uh, of what's happening in uh, in state government. Uh, certainly you focus quite a bit on uh, state government and certainly a lot of other things that affect families and children. And in particular, this uh, uh, state conference that's coming up on April the 9th in Springfield. Why don't we begin the conversation talking a little bit about what's uh, going to be happening here? Yeah, we're going to have a great lineup of speakers for um, people around the state to come in and hear about legislation that is happening right now in this legislative session here in Jeff City. Um, we have also a keynote speaker who is a constitutional attorney. He's our chief counsel at Concerned Women for America, our national office. His name is Mario Diaz, and he's going to provide us with some insight to the Supreme Court case on um the pro-life uh, case that Dobbs versus Jackson that ha- that you know happened, and we're waiting mm-hmm. on the outcome of that, the decision. And so, I don't think that's the only thing he'll talk about. But it is some important insider information on that. Uh, Concerned Women has been really involved um, with that case. Uh, we wrote an amicus brief uh, for Jackson versus Dobbs or Dobbs versus Jackson, and. Uh, that is just uh, something that uh, I think it means friend of the court. It's where different organizations can write to the Supreme Court justices, give their opinions on the case and um, why they think that the Supreme Court justice should support or uh, vote against um, the particular case that's before them at the time. And we did submit an amicus brief, and he may talk a little bit about that too. Um, we've got some really great information, and I hope that people can um, really just reserve that date and, and get your ticket soon to, to come and attend. You can uh, have the opportunity to meet many state leaders um, from across the, stri- the state talking about different issues like transgenderism, election integrity, and um, the Protect Young Minds Online Act, which is legislation that CWA has been promoting for four years now in our state capital to protect kids online from um, being able to access pornography Mm -hmm. so easily. And also we'll have a speaker on CRT, which is critical race theory. So lots of information uh, packed into one day. You're not going to go anywhere else and Get this much of it, this much education and have the opportunity to meet state leaders um, all in one day. So I hope that people can come out, support our organization, and um, get more involved in what's going on in our state government because we have some really important legislation uh, right now that's being sponsored. And I I, I really truly believe that um, especially Christians need to be aware of what's going on, um, make their voices known in our government, and, uh, you know, be an active participant in what, you know, decisions are being made uh, in, at the government level. We were fortunate, uh, Alyssa, to have the opportunity to speak with uh, Mr. Diaz earlier in the week and just kind of prime the pump for what you folks are going to be doing in April, early April, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and we shared a lot of different uh, thoughts and ideas on a lot of the things that uh, you touched on here this morning. 
and he seems like uh, somebody that you would definitely uh, enjoy listening to and uh, well worth the opportunity to uh, to come out and be a part of this. In addition to uh, Mario Diaz, you will have uh, guest speakers, including U.S. Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. Uh, Bev Allen will have the opportunity to, uh, to speak. Senator uh, Mike Moon will uh, present an inside view of the uh, state capitol. Uh, U.S. Senator Josh Hawley and... Uh, uh, Concerned Women for America CEO and uh, President Penny Nance will address the conference via video. Plus, uh, a, a lot of other topics will uh, will take place. And this is a, a full day, it looks like, Saturday, mm-hmm. April the 9th at the White River Conference Center, 600 uh, West Sunshine in Springfield. Men, women, and teens are invited. And uh, the event uh, will start at 9 in the morning and concluded about 4.30 in the afternoon. So a full day and uh, quite an impressive lineup, Alyssa. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm really pleased with uh, the availability of our speakers and our guests and their willingness to come out. And I, and I do believe that um, CWA has been a very respected organization here in Missouri and nationwide for many years. And um, I, I really... I am, am glad to be a part of this organization. Here in Missouri, our Missouri chapter is made up entirely of volunteers. Um, these uh, legislators and office holders, they, they understand that um, those women who are involved in CWA, they're doing this as, um, you know, a true desire to advocate for right principles in government. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's very respected. Uh, we don't get paid to go up to the Capitol during session every week um, to talk with them, to observe what's going on, and to educate our communities uh, statewide. And so um, their willingness to help us really speaks volumes about their understanding of our purpose in the state. And that's really just to connect communities to the legislature and the goings-on in government so that we as citizens can be uh, more a part of that process. So um, I really appreciate all of the, the speakers that are coming out. Um, uh, U.S. Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler is actually a member of Concerned Women for America. A lot of people may not realize that. And so, um, you know, we don't just have members um, regular people like me, um, but we also have leaders in our state that have been involved in Concerned Women for America for many years, and 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 the reason is is because of the work that we do, um, we all feel is very important. And if we're going to affect our government in a positive way, we have to actually be involved. And CWA provides that opportunity to people. To people. Well, I think you've got a very impressive lineup. As I said, uh, you're looking at uh, people like Jay Ashcroft, uh, also Josh Hawley, uh, Vicki Hartzler, as you uh, had mentioned as well. But uh, prior to this event on Saturday the 9th, you also have the Pastor to Pastor Dinner, which is going to be on Friday, April the 8th, and that gets underway at 6.30 at Uncle Buck's Auditorium on the South Campbell in Springfield. No cost for uh, pastors and their spouses. And uh, folks need to kind of get on this one because uh, the uh, uh, 
Uh, date for RSVP is Friday, April the 1st, and that uh, that particular day is fast approaching. Uh, also, uh, you're going to have Mario Diaz speaking at uh, this event. Uh, uh, let's let's kind of talk uh, uh, about what people could expect if they uh, sign up to come and be a part of the event. Um, well, Mario Diaz uh, is also a pastor. He's an ordained pastor and serves um, at a church um, in Stafford, Virginia. And so he's going to be coming uh, and speaking with pastors in our area about the culture and how pastors can advocate for um, the right principles to be applied into the culture. And so um, hopefully we'll have some area pastors sign up for this. It's free to them. Um, We have a limited amount of seats available, and so the sooner they can reserve their ticket, the more guarantee they'll have to to be able to to get one. So I hope that uh, pastors will hear about this. If you attend a church and have a pastor that you would like to attend uh, this event, then I encourage you to speak with them uh, this week and see about getting them a ticket. Definitely a good opportunity, and uh, uh, we'll give out uh, some information. I guess you can probably go to the uh, uh, CWA website and get all the information you need there, uh, which is mo.cwfa.org. And you can check out all the dates and times and get all the specifics at that uh, particular uh, website there. Something else now... Uh, and for, for either event, um, I'm sorry, for either event, sorry. if you can't find the tickets on Eventbrite, which uh, is where they are, please contact our state director, Bev Awen. Her contact information is on that website, right. and she can assist you in getting your tickets. Sounds good. Now, um, you mentioned PYMOA. And actually, I was looking at the um, the sheet, uh, kind of like the itinerary uh, for this particular mm-hmm. event, and uh, that is something that uh, you are going to be uh, addressing, Alyssa Johnson, talking about Protect Young Minds Online Act. Sometimes we hear the the letters, but we don't know what it uh, makes up. It's P Y M O A, and let's talk a little bit about uh, where uh, Concerned Women for America of Missouri is at on this particular topic because I know uh, it's a, a very hot topic and uh, what we uh, w- what we were hearing is that you folks are going to be following it closely and uh, updating people as uh, uh, information becomes available. Yes, um, that bill actually in the Senate is Senate Bill 923 and in the House is House Bill 1957, if anyone wants to go onto the Missouri website and look those up, but we actually just had a hearing in the Senate last week where witnesses lined up to speak in favor of this bill, and um, it should be uh, exact out next week when they return from spring break, so we'll be going to the Commerce Committee meeting. Uh, it, they meet on Wednesday mornings at 8.30 a.m. to watch that vote to see um, who is going to support that bill coming out of committee. The next step will be um, for the president pro tem once it passes out of committee to actually ask for that bill to be taken out of committee and placed on the calendar uh, for the Senate. Um, last year, this bill passed the Senate Commerce Committee that was never asked 
to be taken out and placed on the calendar. So um, in order for this bill to really advance this year, it really needs to be taken out, placed on the formal calendar, and go to the senators for a floor debate and a vote. Right. So that's where we are. And if, you know, it, um, if you'd like to get more information on this particular bill, you can go to the website, read the bill. It's not very long. It's very um, simple to understand. And um, we had excellent testimony talking about the technology of the bill and how the technology already exists to filter pornographic websites and um, how Internet service providers have the technology to implement um, a system which would require a password to access these particular sites, which would in turn protect children from just being able to go online, access pornography as easily as they can right now. Um, so, uh, And we'll be talking about that at our conference. Um, I have a whole presentation lined up. Uh, for for that particular subject um, to educate everyone on how this legislation uh, would work and how it would be groundbreaking for Missouri to do this. And uh, we're always looking for uh, people to write to their senators and their uh, representatives to tell them that they support this legislation. Uh, we have gone 20 years on the Internet with absolutely no protections by internet service providers to protect children from viewing this online. And the problem is just getting so bad that kids are actually coming across it on, online and then they're acting this out on their peers. And these kids are showing up in hospitals um, from sexual assault cases where other kids assaulted them. So this is not um, like you know, used to, you would find your Playboy magazine under your grandpa's bed. Uh, this is this is very prevalent, accessible, and uh, and the, the type of pornography that's out there is very violent and very, um, you know, harmful to kids to see and to think that that is normal. Right. So uh -huh. um, we'll be talking about that. Uh, again, you said it's uh, SB 923-and-HB-what? 1957-1957. Who is the legislative liaison for uh, Concerned Women for America of Missouri? Uh, let's talk a little bit about being a legislative liaison. What is it that you do to keep the lines of communication open and keep that uh, information flowing so that we can uh, stay updated on things like uh, the uh, Protect Young Minds uh, Online Act? Well, um, I am one of a team of legislative liaisons here in Missouri. Uh, our, our usual duties are to attend sessions um, yearly, January through May. We, we go in sometimes on a weekly basis, many of us, and we, uh, we talk with legislators, we pray with legislators, uh, we um, view the session as it's going on the floor, we um, 
try to update communities as to what legislation is being debated on the floor, what hearings are going on um, in either chamber. We also get information out through our Facebook page. Um, we also have different social media accounts. Instagram is another one um, where we um, let people know about rallies that are going on at the state capitol and try to give people opportunities to engage with our office holders to um, let them know how they feel about particular legislation. Um, we also testify in hearings um, on different bills, and many of the bills that we're going to be talking about at our state conference, um, we have actually been testifying in House hearings and Senate hearings for or against. And so um, we, we have a lot of different uh, things that we do. I, I actually travel around the state and give presentations on the Protect Young Mind Online app. Um, and if anyone's interested in me coming to your area, um, you can contact Bev Awen, um, and, and we'll get that set up for you. So we, we actually do go into the communities and present on different things. We also bring speakers into the state to talk about different issues. We just recently had um, Dr. Frank mm. uh, come in uh, statewide to do different talks on election integrity. So... Um, we're pretty busy, and we volunteer a lot, not just at the Capitol, but at different events all over the state. Alyssa Johnson, thank you so much for your time this morning. And just to give you a heads up, we are uh, uh, pushing uh, a PSA, Public Service Announcement, for your event on the 9th. And uh, we appreciate uh, you folks taking the time to think of us here on Key Radio to uh, spread the message of what Concerned Women for America of Missouri is doing and what you folks are all about. Again, thank you uh, for your time this morning, Alyssa, and we'll uh, get back with you folks in a couple of weeks, I'm sure just prior to uh, some of the events coming up in April, and uh, we'll refresh everyone's mind. Again, we want to uh, uh, remind people for the PYMOA, you can check it out at Senate Bill 923, House Bill 1957. Alyssa, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your time. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Always glad to hear what's going on with our friends from uh, Concerned Women for America of Missouri. We need to uh, take an opportunity now to uh, come on back and uh, bring you some information. Yes, we're happy to do it. And that is in the form of uh, none other than Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. And yes, Chris Schneider, Uncle Chris, burning the midnight oil to bring you sports courtesy of Lake TV on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, March 18th. There's a new utility scam that is currently targeting seniors in Illinois and Missouri, and Ameren is alerting customers to watch out for it. Customers are contacted by scammers, pretend to be Ameren representatives, offering a special discounted rate of $29.99, which is sometimes called a senior discount. If an Ameren customer receives a suspected scam call, they should hang up immediately and call Ameren, Missouri at 1-800-552-7583. The Missouri Highway Patrol has two upcoming opportunities to obtain your Missouri Voter Education ID card in Camden and Jefferson City. The Camden class starts Saturday, April 9th at the Lake Career and Technical Center.
The Jefferson City class starts Saturday, May 7th at Troop F headquarters. For more information about the classes and to sign up, go to the Missouri Highway Patrol website. The lake's largest and longest-running boat show is just a few short weeks away. The Lambda In-Water Boat Show at Dog Days Bar and Grill starts Friday, April 22nd and runs till Sunday, April 24th. Numerous lake marinas will have everything from wave runners to yachts on display. For more information on the show, check out the Lambda website at LakeOzarkBoatDealers.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at LakeExpo.com. Lake news events and the boating lake life, LakeExpo.com. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key & Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key & Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and fobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key & Lock serving the entire lake area. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. St. Louis Blues coming up short again last night at home to the Penguins, their second straight loss. That after winning two in a row, they'll be back at it tomorrow on the road in Columbus. NASCAR boys will be in Atlanta this weekend. Chase Briscoe scored his first cup win at Phoenix last week. He is the 200th winner in the Premier Series history. College basketball, it's day two of the big dance, the big NCAA tournament. 16 more games today after 16 yesterday, and this is Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski's last big dance. That's right, one of the greatest of all time. The season is over for the MSU Bears. They lost in the first round of the NIT tournament earlier this week, and the Mizzou Tigers didn't have a very good year. They finished 12-21, and didn't make any postseason. As far as college baseball and softball goes, busy week end for Mizzou and MSU. The Mizzou boys baseball team 12 and 2. They've got three games against fifth ranked Vandy this weekend. That's on the road. Missouri State is 8 and 7 and they've got a three game series against Southeast Missouri this weekend. As for the ladies softball, Mizzou Lady Tigers are uh, 18 and 6. They've got a uh, bunch of games this weekend. The Mizzou Classic against Northwestern, Ball State and Stanford. The Missouri State ladies are 8-12. and 12. They are busy this weekend against Illinois State. And the high school basketball Final Four State Tournament continues today in Springfield with classes 4, 5, and 6. They will crown their uh, state champions this weekend. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see it at 7, 5, and 11 every day. In fact, Lake TV brings you 5 local lake area shows. You don't want to miss it. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. Also free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Our underwriters are who makes the programming possible on Key Radio. 
and thank you to Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about the history of Victoria Station and how you might have to just use your nose with some of the unique products they offer at Victoria Station. The Victoria Station has been around for 37 years now. We're a family-owned business. We've been in our location for 27. We're veteran-owned, family-run. We carry lots of different product categories, from greeting cards to home fragrances, uh, lamps, potpourri. There are certain products that you have to smell. Those home fragrance things, the candles, the potpourri lines, the fragrance oils, that, yeah, you need to smell it to see if that's what you want your own home to smell like. We're still located at 5465 Osage Beach Parkway, just off the Case Road exit. And the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily 930 to 530. Join 89.3 The Key for the BS Nation, featuring Matt Burns and Ike Skelton. Bring in people who are influential in the community and focus mostly on state or local, and that's really what that's what we wanted to do. Ike and Matt will address local and state issues and how they affect the lake area. It's up to the listener to take it in how they want to take it in. It's the BS Nation, Mondays and Saturdays at 10 a.m., 6 p.m., and 2 a.m. on 89.3 The Key. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. 837, and we welcome you back into the fray. We call The Daily Show here on Key Radio. It's great to have you with us as we get ready for uh, uh, another busy weekend at the Lake of the Ozarks. We had Mindy Sales in yesterday, our uh, director of uh, community events. And she was telling us, don't forget about the uh, chili cook-off going on out at the Forget-Me-Not Horse Rescue and Sanctuary. And that gets underway uh, tomorrow night uh, over there off of A Road. They're going to have uh, some different types of chilies, and uh, you can have some fun and meet the folks and see the uh, the new beautiful, beautiful, beautiful facility that they've got going on over there. Stephanie Beeman, if you're listening, uh, I, I took the three one-pound bags of espresso home to my wife yesterday she was elated she was excited she uh thought wow uh, what did you what did you do to uh to to bring me three bags of this espresso from firefly valley farms and i said well what do you mean what did i do uh i'm not in trouble if that's what you're asking me i didn't do anything wrong i just thought i'd do something nice and i guess maybe that is she's like hmm, nice <laughs> yes, I just did something nice. So we cracked one open yesterday, and we made some of this espresso, this uh, Firefly Valley Farms espresso that they sell. And I have to tell you that it was off the hook. And if you get a chance, uh, talk to Stephanie, talk to Dax, and they will set you up. They certainly will. They've got a lot of great coffees. They certainly do. And that is uh, something, a great way to start your day with uh, some of that uh, Firefly Valley Farms coffee. They will even deliver it to your home. Uh, Stephanie brought it out to me here at uh, SRG Financial Advisors yesterday morning. And that was very nice of her to do that. But uh, we've got three pounds of it. And so I think I might start uh, trying to drink a little of this espresso. However, i got to watch it. That's what I was told by the doctor. He said, go easy on the coffee. Or, or drink, drink decaffeinated coffee. Man, it's like eating a veggie burger. 
<laughs> it tastes like meat, but you really, deep down inside, you know what it's made of. 54 degrees, 59 the expected high. We're going to have some rain off and on throughout the course of the day. Uh, so what you see now, uh, it might increase a little bit, it might decrease a little bit, and I, I would always say, you know, it's it's not a bad idea to be prepared for severe weather. We do have some thunderstorms in the forecast for today, and then uh, occasional light rain tonight, 59 the high, 39, they've amended that for the overnight low, partly cloudy and 62 tomorrow with a low of 39, 77, almost 80 degrees on Sunday. With a low of 51 and plenty of sunshine, then 67 the high on Monday, 51 the low. We'll see some rain later in the day on Monday and Monday night. Thunder showers possible with 64 the high on Tuesday, 50 with showers on Wednesday, clouds and 49 on Thursday. Then sunshine and 59 degrees on Friday. Uh, next weekend, looking like again, we'll be in uh, right around uh, mid to upper 60s territory. And then I see some sevens and some sixes, so obviously some uh, great weather as we get ready to round out the month of March and get into April. April Fool's this day is on Friday. So uh, if you're thinking up uh, some strange thing you want to do to wow your friends and make them laugh, uh, Friday, April 1st, that's uh, when you need to have it all, I guess, uh, squared away. 841 is our time, 573-633-5395. I give out that phone number because we have him in studio with us. That would be Mr. Bob Lynch from the Missouri Department of Transportation. How you doing, Bob? Good morning, KB. Doing well. Thank you. So here we go. We're getting into that part of the season where winter hasn't quite made up its mind what it wants to do yet, and spring is on the horizon. And so you folks obviously can't really do much of anything about the weather except deal with it. That's right. I was uh, looking at the radar because there was a severe thunderstorm warning down in Laclede County. County. And <clears throat> but if you look west of, of this uh, front out in the middle of Kansas, they're actually having a winter advisory event there. Yeah. And you can see the snow. So it's <clears throat> we're not expecting that to hit us, of course. But still, like you said, winter is uh, trying to stick around for a little while longer. And the rain, you know, we have to deal with during this time with spring rains, of course. And Flooding issues may appear in some locations across the state. And the same, you know, whether it's a snow event, flood event, uh, we want people to utilize our travel information map to pay attention to the road conditions. You know, there could be a road closed because of a, a flooding event somewhere, and uh, we'll have that information online for people to plan their trips accordingly. Now, you mentioned the fact that they are getting some winter weather over in uh, eastern parts of the state of Kansas. Uh, that is that cold front that is going to eventually find its way here into the state of Missouri and make its way into the Tri-County region. In particular, we'll start to see things maybe taper off a little afternoon, 1 o'clock, and temperatures that uh, were uh, in the upper 50s are going to uh, drop into the 40s and eventually hover right around 39, 40 degrees for an overnight low. So, again, just smart to kind of keep an eye on things as to what's going on. Sometimes you'll encounter some slick spots, but if you're headed west into Kansas, uh, maybe in northwest Missouri, into portions of southern, uh, southwestern Iowa, uh, southeastern Nebraska. They are getting a little bit of winter weather, so just be careful if that's uh, what you have on your agenda as far as travel plans. When do you folks officially put the plows away, or do you ever put them away, per se? <laughs> well, we do put them away. We clean them up. We want to get the salt and corrosive material off of them, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but there's been years where we've had enough hail, and you may have seen this, where we've had to put the plows on and plow the hail off the roadway. That's pretty amazing. And uh, and you know that happens across the nation. You'll you'll hear 
those kind of uh, uh, stories, and especially on the Weather Channel, I watch that quite a bit. But so it's possible. I mean, they're easy, easily uh, able to get to where we put them, and uh, which makes sense because we actually put them back in the same place. Right. After each event, uh, we don't keep them on continuously through the winter time because we're we're still trying to do other things. Uh, you know, installing culverts, uh, moving material from one place to another, and so obviously you can't drive around with the plow on and during the winter time completely. So, um, but it's uh, you know it you never know what you might need throughout the year. What is that like in terms of uh, you know you folks have to be ready essentially uh, at a moment's notice. But in a lot of cases, as we've talked about in the past, you work closely with the National Weather Service uh, when winter weather starts uh, kind of uh, rearing its ugly head. And getting ready to uh, make its way through the region, you work closely with the National Weather Service and other entities to uh, kind of keep an eye on that. Sometimes, though, I would imagine it's a little harder with uh, uh, spring because you can't really be sure. Uh, they say it's going to rain. Uh, you know, there's a 99% chance it's going to rain, but there's still that 1% chance that it's not. And sometimes that's what you have to deal with. Although on the other end of the spectrum... Uh, you have to deal with the spring rains. Uh, and, and again, I know northwestern Missouri has been hit rather hard. Uh, it was a number of years, what was it, about three, four, five years ago that northwest Missouri got pummeled pretty good? Yes. And uh, you obviously have to keep your eye on that part of the state and in other parts of the state that are susceptible to uh, you know heavy rains and floodwaters. And and I'm sure there's certain areas that you folks uh, automatically start looking at when we when we get those heavy rains. Is any of that something that uh, pertains to the Lake of the Ozarks? Are there certain areas that you really watch around here, especially when you know we might get some heavy rain? Well, there is. We we have uh, low water crossings along our routes. Uh, certainly, the county roads have low water crossings, and so uh, you learn uh, what type of events will cause problems at those locations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you know you're going to get a two to three inch rain, for example, um, that probably tells you that that low water crossing is going to be closed for a while um, until that water recedes. And so, you know, the, the crews learn that. They understand it. They know the water levels where they're going to be uh, impacted along the roadway. And, uh, you know, we, we close the road you know, according to that information that we have. So um, we're prepared for it. You know, we if we know the rain's coming in, because we do talk to the National Weather Service throughout the year, not just during the winter time, they prepare us for spring floods. They tell us what the forecast is. They know what kind of uh, uh, snow is on the ground out west of the Missouri River, and how that's going to impact the flow into the Missouri River uh, during the springtime. They also know what kind of weather patterns are going to come into that area during the spring. So on top of the snow melt, you have the rain events. And they can predict what's going to happen along the Missouri River. And, of course, once you figure that part out, then it, it, it translates down to the to the smaller rivers mm -hmm. and creeks that flow into the Missouri. So all those things are determined. And, and this year they're saying, you know, there wasn't much uh, snow out west and probably not going to see any major flooding uh, at this time. And that's that's good news. You're still going to have minor flooding. and But you're not going to let your guard down. <laughs> we never do. And you're still going to have, you know, those heavy one-time heavy rain impacts that's going to cause flash flooding completely different thing and uh, you have to be prepared for that as well so and you got tornadoes in there and just all kinds of weather throughout the year that uh, we we learn about we prepare for we understand where the impacts are going to be across the state and then uh, 
be prepared for those that response. Right. It's interesting, though, um, here at the Lake of the Ozarks, we prepare for spring by doing what they call the winter drawdown. Is there anything that MoDOT does to try and prepare for spring weather in, in, in terms of some of these areas that are susceptible to flooding? Is there anything that you can do to try and uh, uh, maybe ease the pain if it does get out of control? Uh, try to do anything that you possibly can to keep the roads passable in terms of, you know, we mentioned low water crossings. And so uh, earlier in the week, I went out and shot a feature with Lake TV, and we were back over around the Max Creek area where they've got a lot of low water crossings. And so there was a, a little bit of water going over them, nothing substantial, nothing that would have uh, taken us off the road. But are there things that MoDOT does to try to set the table for the um, upcoming spring weather? Well, we do. Um, first, that, that elevation of that low water crossing, you know, isn't going to change unless right. you take it out and put in a new bridge and something along those lines. But you deal with the fact that uh, it's there and, and a certain amount of rain is going to cause cause it to be closed. What you want to do is you want to try to protect it, though. You, right. you know, even though the water goes over the top of it, try to do something that will keep it there when the water recedes and you don't have to come in and make any major repairs. So we try to armor the area, we call it, uh, with maybe potentially bigger rock, whatever the solution may be. And that's really what we try to learn uh, with the different events that we have. You know, Some events are going to take things out. We try to understand why uh, the bridges were taken out or the low water crossings were taken out and then come back with a solution. And we work with uh, SEMA and FEMA in those situations mm -hmm. where you have those major uh, events that, that cause problems. And, and we want a solution that's going to help uh, keep those things in place you know, for future events. So we learned about that. They call it resiliency. And certainly Northwest Missouri uh, is trying to come up with solutions up there with, with the events they had that that will help keep that infrastructure in place even when, when there is high water. Now, MoDOT has the responsibility of taking care of the roads, but I would imagine if you're up there and you're looking around and you see some issues that could potentially be taken care of ahead of time to make, uh, uh, make the roads a little less susceptible to any damage from floodwaters, uh, you, you talk to FEMA, you talk to SEMA, but do you encourage uh, certain counties or... Uh, you know, maybe certain parts of the state to, to really take a more proactive approach because it, it costs money to repair roads. It costs money, obviously, to deal with uh, issues uh, when flooding occurs. So uh, you want to lessen the blow. Um, uh, you work closely with those folks up there to just try and, and, and you know, give them some idea of uh, what could potentially happen if they put some preventative measures in place. Sure. You know, you have a lot of levee districts along the Missouri River, mm -hmm. and certainly when the levees are taken out uh, with the high water events, that's when you start to see problems, you know, beyond that uh, that area, certainly on the infrastructure, people's homes, so forth and so on. So, you know, you, you come up with a solution for those levee districts to figure out, you know, put the levee back in. Right. And do you build it higher? You know, um, don't know, because if you build it higher, then that's going to direct the water somewhere else. And so you, are you going to be impacting a, a different community uh, trying to protect another one? And, you know, MoDOT doesn't really get in the middle of all the levy districts uh, as far as trying to come up with a solution. You know, we just we understand they're there and what uh, we, we want to know what their plans are to fix it so that we can respond to what may occur along the roadways in that area. So it's a, it's a challenge to manage Mother Nature, certainly along the river, and... Um, and we'll provide any resources that we can. 
I would imagine like anything else, as soon as you think you've got it all taken care of, then something pops up somewhere else, and you can't be everywhere 24-7, 365. So sometimes uh, you get that occasional surprise where maybe there's a piece of uh, uh, of state roadway that needs to be addressed or taken care of. I know sometimes in the summer, uh, and I remember this years ago, uh, I guess it was Highway 40, they had a... Uh, an issue where it got so warm and the, uh, the the condition of the road was in in such a state that uh, Highway 40 actually buckled at, at one point. Uh, I don't necessarily know that that's something that happens as often. Uh, it could still possibly happen, but the point I guess I'm trying to get at here is when it comes to the actual funding. Now, you folks get X amount of dollars, and we've talked about it every year, to to do the job. And so how do you look at uh, some issues with roads? Do you wait for uh, federal money to come in if it's considered a, a disaster area, if the president were to uh, uh, issue a, a declaration of uh, disaster? Uh, do you wait for FEMA? Do you wait for SEMA? Uh, certainly the people that need to utilize the roadways don't have time to wait. Yes. No, we respond immediately. We don't wait for money. Uh, part of our budget uh, does have you know cash on hand, I'll call it. For those emergency situations, and um, but we keep track of everything that we do. We we don't even know at the time if the area is going to be declared a national flood disaster area mm-hmm. or just a state disaster area, whatever it may be. Um, we kind of guess that it's probably going to be at some point be declared. Right. So we we create a certain job number and and code time according to that event to that specific number. So we have all the information, if indeed we can receive reimbursement uh, from the Fed. So, but our, our response is, is immediately not to wait for funding. And, um, you know, we, we set our budget up, like I said, to prepare for those unknown events. Right. And, and we don't put all our money out there and, and not expecting something to happen. We, like I said, we save some of that back just for those, uh, unfortunate a- events. So, um, it's 8.53. Bob Lynch is our guest. Again, if you have a question or comment for Bob, 573-633-5395. Feel free to call us anytime here on Key Radio. Uh, let's give folks a, a project update. Uh, obviously, still working on the uh, bridge over Bagnell Dam. Uh, any other projects that uh, are going to start popping up around the area that folks need to know about? Well, we're we're this this last week was really nice with the nice warm weather and mm-hmm. got Got a lot of the joint uh, material in place. Uh, not done yet with that. Of course, we got rain today. Rain next three days uh, next week, first of the week. Um, so we'll see how that progress can continue. Uh, but we're 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 getting there. And, yeah. You know, it, you can just reach out and touch it, but it's just outside that reach. And Mother Nature is really controlling what days we can work. Also on Route 54, between Lake Ozark and Eugene, uh, as you go towards Jeff City. We're doing intersection improvements along there. 16 different intersections will be impacted by this project where we improve the safety of those intersections. And they're starting on the eastern end, eastern end um, up by Eugene, right. making their head, their way west towards Lake Ozark. So that work zone is going to be in place uh, throughout the, the season at uh, various locations. And just pay attention as you drive through. Very important to uh, pay attention. That's That's the key. And again, as uh, more and more people are getting out on the roadways, we, we, we want to send out a reminder for folks to please be very vigilant and pay attention watching for work crews uh, on, the, on the roadways, wherever they're at, whatever they're doing. Uh, you've got folks out there that are doing uh, construction, working on the roads. You've got uh, folks uh, that uh, even on the weekends 
it's a good idea to pay attention. You've got to adopt the highway folks that are out there cleaning up the uh, the sides of the roads. We talked about uh, those folks that are incarcerated but still get out and and clean the roads. So uh, that's on the state level. I mean, golly gee, uh, don't forget the county and, and city folks that are working out there too. All these road crews, uh, uh, they'd like to be able to start and finish a job without any issues and certainly without any fatalities. Yeah, we we unfortunately lost uh, three MoDOT uh, employees last year, mm-hmm. and they were involved in work zones. One was responding to a flooding event in northwest Missouri. Uh, the other two were in St. Louis, and they were uh, doing a striping operation, and it's just very unfortunate. And, and this year already, you know, I continue weekly, it seems like, almost not, not daily, but certainly weekly, you just continue to see vehicles hitting the back of a MoDOT uh, safety truck and it it doesn't make sense you know we have lights flashing we trying to to, you know caution people as best we can Um, and and you're starting to see that in the city and county crews where they're really starting to protect their crews as well because they're aware of the situations that are out there it's you know very unsafe so please uh, stay alert as you're driving around pay attention Uh, keep your phone down buckle up of course to protect yourself and let's get everybody home safely. And we appreciate the work of all the crews, and I believe we'll uh, be talking to the gentleman who heads up the uh, Camdenton uh, shed next week. Yes, he should be in. Tim uh, Gallatin, Tim will, Gallatin and uh, will be joining us because uh, Bob's got his uh, his gig down south in Laclede County in Lebanon. So uh, is it next weekend that the uh, folks with the train club have got their event going on? We do, uh, March 26th, and we have uh, new vendors in this year. We're, mm-hmm. I think we have over 80 tables of uh of information related to model trains and uh we'd like people to come out nine to three at the uh community christian church there on north business five in camenton yeah free event um you know we'll have uh, of course the the vendors will be there with the different scales of, of model trains there's z um, i should know them all but Z-O. i don't z n h o o g and S and V T U. Who knows? But <laughs> it's uh, it's it's great. You know the the kids just love it when they come out and see the trains running. Because right. we will have layouts there that actually show uh, different size model trains running, and we'll help you. We have experts on landscaping, on fixing trains, and uh, just the whole nine yards. And we just hope people can come out and enjoy the event. Now, landscaping—that's something that sounds kind of interesting because. Uh, uh, I think a lot of people, you know, you get your first train as a kid, and maybe it's just the train and the track, and uh, you watch it go around and around and around and around, and then there's something that uh, kind of clicks in your brain, and, and you, you see other things, and you think, man, I'd like to really make this uh, into something that uh, is fun and exciting, and so I want to add to it and add to it and add to it. You add uh, maybe some buildings and some railroad crossings and some other stuff, and then you get into the landscaping, and it's interesting because I've seen uh, how people take the time, and it's a very intricate process depending on you know how involved you are. Uh, I've seen people take the time to really uh, get into the landscaping aspect of, of putting the whole thing together. They do, and I, I love that part myself. Uh, you know, on our train club, we had a, a young uh, lady that helped us. She was, you know, probably in fifth or sixth grade. Right. And she was interested in trains, and she came and her and her mother fixed an area that had a, a waterfall area, a pond area with, with kids playing in a park. And, wow. And, it, and there was a bridge in the background where the train went through, of course. Mm-hmm. And just very awesome what they did. And I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my talent in that aspect is not very good. And right. 
And so you can see the different talents as you look along our layout. But we encourage people to bring pictures of their layouts that they have, and there's a lot uh -huh. of people here that have them. Uh, we're giving away a $50 gift certificate card for the best uh, layout that we judge right. that day right. at the event. So you can bring your pictures during the event itself, and we'll, we'll judge them then. Or you can take your pictures to the Family Train Center in Camden, and then uh, on that Saturday we'll still, uh, the train club will review those and provide that gift certificate to the lucky winner. And that's next to uh, the Verizon store off of East 54 in Camden, correct? Yes, the Family Train Center is. Family yes. Train and Center. That's, that's where our layout is at, mm -hmm. too. Um, the train center is gracious enough to allow us to have our layout inside there. So come take a look at it and see uh, what we got. And the event next Saturday, March 26th at the Community Christian Church from 9 until 3, correct? That's correct. Free event. Bob Lynch, always great to see you, sir. Have fun. Enjoy your weekend. And, uh, folks, if you get a chance, uh, get over to see this event because it's obviously something that's uh, very, very cool. 9 o'clock straight up on the Midwest Coast, and we are at 54 degrees. Dave Maupin joining me in the 9 o'clock hour with Among the Dogwoods. But what we really want to find out is, is Dave had to play Mr. Mom when his wife left town. And uh, he said, you know, everything was great, everything was wonderful. I want to find out if uh, Dave has gained a, a new respect for his wife and, and what she has to do uh, taking care of the family. We'll see. 901, Stacy Johnson joining us, lakeexpo.com, your trusted news source. Chris Schneider, Uncle Chris, providing us with sports, courtesy of Lake TV on the key. This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, the key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, March 18th. There's a new utility scam that is currently targeting seniors in Illinois and Missouri, and Ameren is alerting customers to watch out for it. Customers are contacted by scammers, pretend to be Ameren representatives, offering a special discounted rate of $29.99, which is sometimes called a senior discount. If an Ameren customer receives a suspected scam call, they should hang up immediately and call Ameren, Missouri at 1-800-552-7583. The Missouri Highway Patrol has two upcoming opportunities to obtain your Missouri Boater Education ID card in Camdenton and Jefferson City. The Camdenton class starts Saturday, April 9th at the Lake Career and Technical Center. The Jefferson City class starts Saturday, May 7th at Troop F Headquarters. For more information about the classes and to sign up, go to the Missouri Highway Patrol website. The lake's largest and longest-running boat show is just a few short weeks away. The Lambda In-Water Boat Show at Dog Days Bar and Grill starts Friday, April 22nd and runs till Sunday, April 24th. Numerous lake marinas will have everything from wave runners to yachts on display. For more information on the show, check out the Lambda website at LakeOzarkBoatDealers.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at LakeExpo.com. Lake news events and the boating lake life, LakeExpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from LakeExpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. 
Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. St. Louis Blues coming up short again last night at home to the Penguins, their second straight loss. That after winning two in a row, they'll be back at it tomorrow on the road in Columbus. NASCAR boys will be in Atlanta this weekend. Chase Briscoe scored his first cup win at Phoenix last week. He is the 200th winner in the Premier Series history. College basketball, it's day two of the big dance, the big NCAA tournament. 16 more games today after 16 yesterday. And this is Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski's last big dance. That's right, one of the greatest of all time. The season is over for the MSU Bears. They lost in the first round of the NIT tournament earlier this week, and the Mizzou Tigers didn't have a very good year. They finished 12-21, and 21, didn't make any postseason. As far as college baseball and softball goes, busy weekend for Mizzou and MSU. The Mizzou boys, baseball team 12-2, and two, they've got three games against fifth-round Ranked Vandy this weekend. That's on the road. Missouri State is eight and seven, and they've got a three-game series against Southeast Missouri this weekend. As for the ladies softball, Mizzou Lady Tigers are uh, eighteen and six. They've got a uh, bunch of games this weekend. The Mizzou Classic against Northwestern, Ball State, and Stanford. The Missouri State ladies are eight and twelve. They are busy this weekend against Illinois State and the high school basketball. Final Four State Tournament continues today in Springfield with classes four, five, and six. They will crown their uh, state champions this weekend. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see it at 7, 5, and 11 every day. In fact, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. You don't want to miss it. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, also free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV and streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozark shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. There is a battle raging for the hearts and minds of our children, a battle to erase Christian values and constitutional principles. Concerned Women for America of Missouri invites you to their state conference April 9th in Springfield to hear leaders and experts speak on important issues including critical race theory, transgenderism, and election integrity. You'll leave inspired and equipped. The night before, CWA will hold their pastor-to-pastor dinner, leading in today's culture. Learn what churches can legally do to bring biblical values to all areas of influence and lead your congregation in these difficult times. There's no cost to pastors. RSVP on Eventbrite. 
For information, visit the CWA of Missouri Facebook events page. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. 908 is the second hour of the Daily Show here on Key Radio, and we have uh, a lot of good things going on today. I wanted to uh, jump in here in this uh, second hour and let you know that we will have live coverage of the uh, forum, the candidate forum, that is coming up on Monday at the Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce. Now, this is not an event that is open to the public, so it is important that uh, you get it uh, somewhere. And so our good friends at Lake TV are going to have uh, uh, video and audio. We're going to run it over on lakeexpo.com. And also, uh, the good folks here with Lake TV have been uh, working with me to make sure that we can uh, get the signal and the audio out to you. So if you cannot be there, and you will not be there since it is not open to the public, uh, you can listen to it to wherever you're at on Key Radio, 89.3, keyradio.live, uh, and or the free apps that we have for Android and iPhones. And so all you do there is go to, uh, I guess, the Google Store for Android and or the App Store for iPhone. Type in Key Radio, K-E-Y-K, download the free app, and to join us. Things get underway at about 4.30. That's right. It's going to be an early, early event because they've got three different groups they're going to be talking to. I think a couple of positions for uh, aldermen in uh, Camdenton, uh, mayor uh, for uh, the city of Osage Beach, and, of course, uh, one that everybody's going to be watching closely or listening to closely and, and, and watching closely, uh, the uh, candidates that are running for school board for the uh, Camdenton School District. 910 is our time. Where are we at? Well, we are uh, at about 54 degrees, 59 the expected high, 39 the overnight low. Showers and thunderstorms are still possible, but then uh, some clouds and occasional rain tonight. 61 the high tomorrow, low 38 with a partly cloudy sky. Sunny and 76 on Sunday with a low of 51, 68 with some rain in the afternoon and evening on Monday with a low of 50. Thunder showers possible on Tuesday, high 65, low 46. Showers is still a possibility on Wednesday with a high of 49, a low of 36. 49, the expected high on Thursday, a low of 36. And uh, 
Then on Friday, 59, the high, the low of 38. So you'll get some uh, some days next week where maybe you didn't get to whip out all of the comfort food recipes. Uh, maybe you made some soup or some chili or some chicken and dumplings or something along those lines. But uh, you'll you'll get some time next week to maybe uh, get that last gasp in, as they say, of comfort food uh, during cold weather. 9-11 is our time. Well, we've got uh, a great hour, of course, coming your way now. With the one, the only, Diamond Dave Maupin. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to have you here, sir. And uh, before we start talking about what's been going on in county government, you had mentioned that uh, you know you were kind of playing the role of Mr. Mom there, and then your wife finally got back, and I noticed you're here. You don't have any bumps. You don't have any bruises. Uh, the question that most of us want to know is, have you uh, discovered a newfound appreciation for what your wife does? Well, especially since I'm pretty sure she's listening. Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> no. No, you're not supposed to do it like that. I know. That's the wrong way to say it. Yeah, no, it, I definitely, uh, I think especially the kids have appreciated their mom a lot. Right. Since, uh, I mean, I always told Monica, I said, I could I could do what you do, but I just don't right. do it as well. No, you that's know? that's very true. That's absolutely true. I get told all the time, you know. Because uh, I told my wife, I said, you know, if you don't feel like doing laundry, I can do laundry. And she kind of looks at me and has that uneasy oh, yeah. feeling on her face. You can tell, you know, it's, uh, it's oh, that's great, honey. Sure. you When when you want to do some laundry, you let me know. Yeah, that's called the man plan. Yeah. Uh, do one load of laundry and make sure you ruin every piece of clothing that went through and you'll never have to do it again. Throw in a, a, a red item with the whites. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Throw all the bras in the dryer. There you go. You're set. <laughs> Oh, goodness. And and did you take her out or do anything special for her when she got back? Well, uh, okay, now you're going to get me in trouble here. We have not had time to do that yet. Okay. But honey, that's going to happen. But right now we're just so busy with her catching up on everything and uh, with my catching, daughter. Catching up on everything. You mean things weren't, you know, where she could just slip right back in and... Well, we did have the Roomba, uh-huh. and so I was running the Roomba all the time. And since she was in California, she appreciated because she has a little app that tells her. She's like, that thing was like running all the time, so I knew you were trying to keep the house clean for me. But see, you knew that much. So you might just turn it on, and, 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 and it gets stuck in the corner and stays there. Yeah, I just let it run around in the garage for a while. What, what is your wife's name? Monica. Monica. Monica, he, i got to tell you, he's got somewhat of an uneasy feeling himself, that look on his face. But he's still here to... Tell us about what's uh, what's going on with Among the Dogwoods, and, and that's the important part. We're just happy that the two of you, you know, uh, weren't uh, weren't filing for divorce or, or anything like that after uh, after the fact when you got home and saw your house. Well, we've also been getting ready for this poetry national competition. This they, is true. They sent us a giant box of all this equipment because we're going to have to film in our house. We had to go out. We have to do all this B-roll footage. Yeah. So we have to go out and film my daughter at like we filmed her at Jeff City at uh-huh. the state capitol. We got to film her out at Haha Tonka. They put wow. together like a video yeah. montage. And uh, so we went to Jeff City. My wife wanted to take a bunch of shots. And my wife used to work in TV news. Uh-huh. So she's really in, she knows how to set up the scenes and and watch for the public not interrupting the shot right. and all that stuff. So we went to the governor's mansion and there was a great shot where I could have filmed my daughter and it would have the state capitol in the background. Apparently, you're not allowed to walk out on the lawn at the governor's mansion. Oh, because <laughs> uh, we got I'm like ah, it'll be fine. We'll just go out there. There's no signs, so uh, it took about five seconds for a bunch of state troopers running <laughs> out of the mansion to tell me. Apparently, we're not supposed to be standing over there. Don't we pay for that, though? Yeah, and uh, there were a ton of kids walking on the sidewalk. Yeah. I tried to tell the guy, this is the Poetry Out Loud Missouri State Champion. He didn't care. After a while, I'm like, 
okay, I get it. You don't care about what anything I'm going to say. You just want me to get off the grass. Get off the grass. Wow. So we have been busy with that. So, I mean, I've got a lot of plans to do great stuff with Monica to, to welcome her home, but we have been running around trying to get everything organized. So. All right, sir. Well, we'll leave it at that. Just We just wanted a quick little follow-up. That's how the listeners are sometimes. They just want to make sure that uh, everything is going well. 9.15, and, of course, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be talking something, talking about something, rather, that we touched on earlier in the week, but probably – a little bit more in detail because that's what you do with Among the Dogwoods is uh, is really get down to the nitty-gritty or the brass tacks, as they say. Yeah, and so it's a, basically a blog that I write about Camden County uh, politics and the, specifically the Camden County Commission meetings. Uh, they have the meetings at 10 a.m., which makes it really difficult for people who work to attend the meetings. So I've probably attended about 60 commission meetings in the last year, and I basically just write about what happens. And it, it creates some continuity where... Uh, you know, there's a record of what occurred, and we've talked about on the show before. There have been times when I've been contacted by county officials who don't know what happened at a particular meeting, and I have to go back through my blog and tell them what what occurred mm-hmm. as far as votes. Or so it, I think it's been useful. This the one for this week is the March 15th uh, commission meeting, which I didn't realize I didn't really know anything about this topic, but the big topic on the agenda was CAFOs, C-A-F-O, concentrated animal feeding operations. So they're kind of those big uh, hog or, or cattle feeding uh, businesses you'll see, you know, where they're all uh, lined up, all the cows get lined up and all the hogs get lined up and they get fed in mass. I, I guess there's restrictions on how many, how much livestock you can have on a particular piece of land. Once you get over that size, you become what's what's labeled basically a CAFO. Mm-hmm. And uh, Camden County has, a, has two ordinances that basically say you can't do CAFOs in Camden County. Uh, they were passed back in approximately 1997 because there was going to be a hog farm that was going to be put in, and there was a big public outcry about it. And so the commission at that time passed the ordinances basically saying you couldn't do that. You knew where they were going to put that, right? Was it going to be out on A-Road? Um, I think there was one that was going to be put out there on A-Road. <clears throat> but then I think, too, there was another area... Uh, where somebody had uh, some plans to build some things, and they said, well, uh, we're not quite sure about that. He said, well, okay, fine, then we'll turn it into a hog farm. Oh, okay. It's like <laughs> holding, holding hostage. <laughs> it's a threat. So, so basically there was a law passed in 2019 in Missouri, State Bill 391, that, that says that you can't, have, you can't have county ordinances or regulations that restrict CAFOs or any kind of... Uh, agricultural operations so basically it meant that what the law stated was it was going to say that you basically counties couldn't pass ordinances weren't allowed to have ordinances that restricted CAFOs the law has been in effect for at least two years and there's been several counties that have been sued I think by people that wanted to have a CAFO to get rid of their ordinances so far all the counties have lost in court and it's it's in the Missouri Supreme Court right now being reviewed I guess they're going to hear it and decide so the interesting thing about it is, so it's it's a law that's on the books that basically says that the two county ordinances are illegal and unenforceable. So someone could start up a CAFO now in Camden County, and there's not much the county could do about it. I mean, if the county tried to stop them, the county would be sued, and that'd be one more court case that then would go up. There were a lot of people there for the meeting. Uh, everyone was universally in favor of CAFOs. Most were farmers talking about it. 
and you know the commission seemed to agree with them as they were talking. The the big issues are with the rising cost of uh, farm acreage, the cost of equipment, mm -hmm. and basically it's almost impossible right now for a, a new farmer or young farmer to decide to buy a farm and make enough profit to be able to to, to make money off the farm. Sure. Because they, they can't have enough animals. They can't have enough livestock on the farm to, to have profit margins. So that they were saying the average age of a farmer in Missouri right now is like 56 years old. So there's there's almost no way, and there's it's very hard for them to even expand their operations. So there was a lot of, uh, I don't want to say, I could say, I did say it was lip service in the article, but a lot of the, the, everyone was very sympathetic to it. Everyone agreed that this was a big problem. The family farm was an important part of this. Uh, another thing was that to get designated as agri-ready in Missouri, you can't have any kind of ordinances that restrict CAFOs. And being agri-ready basically means that, that this is an area that's very pro-agriculture. It gives them a lot of benefits and creates jobs and can improve the agricultural economy. So when you're listening to all the discussion, it seemed like the commission was, was all for it. And so I guess Commissioner Williams said that the, he'd gotten calls from two people who were concerned basically the whole thing about the hog farming. You know, they're worried about hog, hog breeding, the feeding, and the smells. And they weren't addressing any particular uh, operations, but they were just saying they were concerned that that kind of thing could come into their area. The, the people who spoke about it basically said that since 1997, the technology for these operations has really improved to where there's a lot better regulation. They've got a lot better technology. So it's not like the hog feeding operation you would have seen in the 1990s, that now it's much more modern as far mm -hmm. as nutrients and how they handle the waste disposal. So it, you know people might have visions of how this was back in the day, but now it's not quite the same. So I think one of the things, especially if you've ever lived next to a hog farm, is uh, you know on those hot summer days, Right. When, when, when things heat up and become very aromatic, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an experience living next to a hog farm, or or even if the hog farm is down the road uh, several miles and the wind is blowing in your in your general direction. So yeah, the the, the DNR rules basically now, or the actually actually I think the rules established by the state bill are there has to be a buffer zone of one and a half miles around a CAFO, mm. and all there's a public comment thing. Basically now it's it's all run and regulated by DNR and USDA. And they're basically, if they decide to apply for one, DNR has to go through a whole approval process with them. And there will be public comment. I guess everyone within four and a half miles of the CAFO is then invited to come and provide public comment on the issue. Another thing I guess that they're concerned about is if you have any, uh, let's say, creeks or streams running through your property, that's a big one. Because if that uh, ends up in the creek and the stream, how is it going to affect you've got a lot of different factors here and now more so than ever with this everybody has to be involved theory um, you get into a situation and we had this particular problem several years ago where there was a group that was trying to regulate streams and waterways here in the state of Missouri uh, and a lot of people got upset about it but uh, I think it makes sense to some degree that you have to watch the amount of solid waste that could be getting into a waterway and how it's going to affect things downstream. One gentleman got up and he had a lot of experience working, I think, for like corporate 
cattle farms and, and livestock yards. And basically one of the things that he said was they are so heavily regulated by DNR and inspected that a lot of times just to get ahead of the curve, they'll do their own regulation and inspection to make sure they don't get in trouble. So the regulations are a lot stricter. Now, basically, that was generally the tone that they were saying, you know, the the idea of these operations is some people just remember how they used to be as opposed to how they're actually being run now. Uh, Commissioner Gohagen said he was in favor of repealing the ordinance. Commissioner Hasty seemed really relieved that he wasn't going to have to vote on it because the idea was that the two commi district commissioners would decide. And uh, Gohagen basically told Commissioner Williams, you know, you have all the agricultural areas in your district, most of the rural areas. If you'll make a motion to repeal it, I'll, I'll vote for it. Right. And, and Commissioner Williams sat there for a, a bit and thought about it. And I thought for a second maybe he's going to do it. And then he said no. He wanted to table it to see if they could get more public input. Well, and, and I think that makes sense. Uh, that's maybe not a bad thing, but it's a matter of whether or not people remember that, you know, they've tabled it, and when are you going to bring it back up to uh, uh, to the meeting for discussion? Well, they tabled it till Tuesday, 6.30 p.m., but then the agenda came out, and I saw that the commission meetings, they have an agenda for 10 a.m., mm -hmm. so I don't know if they forgot about it. I'm sure they didn't forget about it, but maybe – they're going to push that Tuesday 6.30 meeting. So that, oh, that's one other interesting thing, too. They decided to actually have an evening meeting. Right. And we, we'll talk about this later on, but, but uh, the last time that you and I spoke about public comment, I was interested to know if any of that has changed since the last time we spoke as to where they put the public comment, because a lot of people had a lot of different theories on why they do it the way they do it. But... We'll talk about that here later on uh, in the hour. Yeah, and for this meeting, it was they did it differently, where they did public comment before each thing, like uh -huh. before each agenda item, which uh -huh. was, again, that's not something they've ever done before. So right. this was, a, since you mentioned it, this was different about this meeting. So in the end, basically, they decided to table it to uh, Tuesday at 630. Uh, we'll see if that meeting actually happens or if it gets rescheduled. I was shocked because this is the first time I've really seen them stress that they need public input. Skeptical people have said it's because nobody opposing the CAFOs actually had showed up. And, and that was one of the things that the people who were there uh, had an issue with, where they're like, well, if these people had complaints or issues, they should have come to this meeting where they could actually talk about it. Because basically it was universally for repealing the CAFO. And so it, it creates an interesting situation for the commission because I'm, I'm just confused why they're waiting They've been waiting to see if a law that would force them to repeal the ordinance would get through while they're claiming that they're they're leaning towards repealing the ordinance. Right. So it's why would you wait then if you wanted to do it? Well, and the interesting thing about where we live is, you know, you've got cities like Osage Beach and Camdenton and Lake Ozark and uh, a, a lot of, you know, cities that uh, take up a lot of space. But surrounding most, if not all, of the Lake of the Ozarks is rural farmland. And you don't have that. You don't have to go that far to find it. And so I would imagine that that's just something, especially um, uh, for counties, that they have to uh, have to figure out. Yeah, Camden County, as it's currently organized, is actually pretty good because you have you can be in a really strict area that mm -hmm. runs like Singapore, like I live, like in Four Seasons, has super strict rules about everything. Or you can live in the planning and zoning districts in the various cities and in the county where there is zoning and you have to apply. And then there's basically a rural area where you could live out there and have almost you know, no restrictions or very little restrictions. But it's always funny when people want to live in the rural area 
and then they want to complain about something their neighbor's doing where they were fine not having those restrictions, but then when they don't like what somebody next to them is doing, they right. want planning and zoning to come out. And then you got the people who live in the planning and zoning district who love the planning and zoning rules when their neighbors are doing something, but then complain and carp about it when planning and zoning tells them they can't do something. Yeah, exactly. And then you have the people who live in Four Seasons who love how it looks and it's all pretty and the houses are all nice colors and the lawns are all well done. And then they complain when Four Seasons <laughs> comes down and hammers them for something. It's just like... You got to pick where you want to live. You got to abide by the rules there. Well, I'm reading something here that the state is planning on doing, and the department I, they formed a, a joint agricultural committee on this back in 2019, apparently. And so, uh, I was looking here at the dnr.mo.gov. Uh, it says notice of intent to renew. The department has begun the process of renewing master general permits for concentrated animal feeding operations. The department will hold several public informational meetings regarding the reissuances as an opportunity for the public to ask questions, share information, and discuss issues. Attendance at these meetings may be in person, by conference call, or through WebEx using the information given. Uh, drafts of the next permits will not yet be available at the time of the meetings as the permit writer wishes to incorporate changes based on comments received. So They've got uh, a meeting planned for April the 7th, May the 19th, June the 16th, and I'm looking to uh, see where these meetings are, are going to be held. I don't see anything right now. Uh, the bill the governor signed May 31st, 2019 is Senate Bill 391, if you want to look back on it. Uh, but I'm just trying to see here. Uh, yeah, there's a link. to I put a link to that bill, too, on my yeah, blog. So. And, and, and again, it's very important, like I said, for a lot of different reasons, both for those people that are interested in, uh, you know, the farming aspect, but those people who live around the area. And uh, certainly you look at how things have improved over the years. I think that maybe, and that's the biggest problem with all of this, there is some uh, some type of a, a stereotype that goes along with it. You know, you think of a hog farm, you think of just probably some of the nastiest smells you can possibly conjure up in your brain. Well, and, and, you know, the Camden County is basically two communities. You have a, the lake community, and then you have the farming community. Right. So, I mean, you got to either decide, are you pro-agriculture or are you not pro-agriculture? Because if you're pro-agriculture and pro-agricultural business, then you want CAFOs. And if you aren't, then you don't. You know, I mean, that's basically what it comes down to, because you're telling these guys they can't make enough money on their farm. Uh, we, we don't necessarily want to become a community where rich people come out here to have these uh, gentlemen's farms where they're going to buy 400 acres for $800,000 and just sit on them and ride their pony around them all day. I mean, <laughs> the, idea is, the idea is we want farmers to, to, to use this land. And it's a, it's a year-round economy. Right. We are just about to, to the bottom of the hour, so we're going to uh, hold up on things for just a moment. And we will uh, come back around and talk more with our guest, Dave Moppin, who is the author of Among the Dogwoods. He uh, takes the opportunity when they have Camden County, uh, County Commission meetings to attend these meetings, chronicle those meetings, and get the information back to you as quickly as possible. And uh, it goes even quicker when you subscribe to his blog. 9.30, it is time now for a check of local news. Stacy Johnson covering that with LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. And Uncle Chris, Chris Schneider, bringing us sports, courtesy of Lake TV on The Daily Show on Key Radio.
Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, March 18th. There's a new utility scam that is currently targeting seniors in Illinois and Missouri, and Ameren is alerting customers to watch out for it. Customers are contacted by scammers, pretend to be Ameren representatives, offering a special discounted rate of $29.99, which is sometimes called a senior discount. If an Ameren customer receives a suspected scam call, they should hang up immediately and call Ameren, Missouri at 1-800-552-7583. The Missouri Highway Patrol has two upcoming opportunities to obtain your Missouri Voter Education ID card in Camdenton and Jefferson City. The Camdenton class starts Saturday, April 9th at the Lake Career and Technical Center. The Jefferson City class starts Saturday, May 7th at Troop F headquarters. For more information about the classes and to sign up, go to the Missouri Highway Patrol website. The lake's largest and longest-running boat show is just a few short weeks away. The Lambda In-Water Boat Show at Dog Days Bar and Grill starts Friday, April 22nd and runs till Sunday, April 24th. Numerous lake marinas will have everything from wave runners to yachts on display. For more information on the show, check out the Lambda website at lakeozarkboatdealers.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events and the boating lake life, lakeexpo.com. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key and Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key & Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and fobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key & Lock serving the entire lake area. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. St. Louis Blues coming up short again last night at home to the Penguins, their second straight loss. That after winning two in a row, they'll be back at it tomorrow on the road in Columbus. NASCAR boys will be in Atlanta this weekend. Chase Briscoe scored his first cup win at Phoenix last week. He is the 200th winner in the Premier Series history. College basketball, it's day two of the big dance, the big NCAA tournament. 16 more games today after 16 yesterday, and this is Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski's last big dance. That's right, one of the greatest of all time. The season is over for the MSU Bears. They lost in the first round of the NIT tournament earlier this week, and the Mizzou Tigers didn't have a very good year. They finished 12-21, and didn't make any postseason. As far as college baseball and softball goes, busy weekend for Mizzou and MSU. The Mizzou boys, baseball team 12-2. and They've got three games against fifth-ranked Vandy this weekend. That's on the road. Missouri State is 8-7, and, and they've got a three-game series against Southeast Missouri.
Missouri this weekend. As for the ladies, softball, Mizzou Lady Tigers are uh, 18-6. and six. They've got a uh, bunch of games this weekend. The Mizzou Classic against Northwestern, Ball State, and Stanford. The Missouri State ladies are 8-12. and 12. They are busy this weekend against Illinois State. And the high school basketball Final Four State Tournament continues today in Springfield with classes 4, 5, and 6. They will crown their uh, state champions this weekend. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. You can see it at 7, 5, and 11 every day. In fact, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. You don't want to miss it. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, also free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV and streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Our underwriters are who makes the programming possible on Key Radio. And thank you to Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about the history of Victoria Station and how you might have to just use your nose with some of the unique products they offer at Victoria Station. The Victoria Station has been around for 37 years now. We're a family-owned business. We've been in our location for 27. We're veteran-owned, family-run. We carry lots of different product categories, from greeting cards to home fragrances, uh, lamps, potpourri. There are certain products that you have to smell. Those home fragrance things, the candles, the potpourri lines, the fragrance oils, that, yeah, you need to smell it to see if that's what you want your own home to smell like. We're still located at 5465 Osage Beach Parkway, just off the Case Road exit. And the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily 930 to 530. Join 89.3 The Key for the BS Nation, featuring Matt Burns and Ike Skelton. Bring in people who are influential in the community and focus mostly on state or local, and that's really what that's what we wanted to do. Ike and Matt will address local and state issues and how they affect the lake area. It's up to the listener to take it in how they want to take it in. It's the BS Nation, Mondays and Saturdays at 10 a.m., 6 p.m., and 2 a.m. on 89.3 The Key. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, the key. 936, 55 degrees, 59 the expected high. We could see some showers and thunderstorms off and on. Occasional rain tonight will drop down to 39 for the overnight low. And then uh, looks like about a high of 61, 62 degrees possible tomorrow with a few clouds. The thing is, uh, is we'll watch that uh, cooler weather start to roll in probably about uh, 12.30, 1 o'clock, 1.30, and uh, basically just uh, kind of nosedive a little bit after that, but back up to 61 for the high tomorrow, 38 the low, 76 on Sunday, a low of 51, 68 on Monday with some rain in the afternoon and evening, thunder showers possible on Tuesday with a high of 65, showers lingering on Wednesday with a high of 49. Clouds and uh, clouds and 49 rather on Thursday. Sunshine and 59 on Friday, and then as far as the weekend, we'll see mid to upper 60s. So some nice weather uh, still to come. Lots going on. 9:37 is our time. 55 degrees, as I mentioned. A quick check of what's going on there at Bagnell Dam for those who like to keep track of it. Lake level at 654.47. River level at 553.67. 
Uh, coming up, we've got uh, some great programming for you today. And, uh, of course, we'll be back with The Daily Show coming up on Monday. We hope to have um, uh, the city administrator for the city of Osage Beach, Gina Woods. And also, we hope to have uh, Harrison Fry, the uh, Assistant City Administrator for the City of Lake Ozark. Still waiting to hear back from both of them. We will have Tyler Brown on the program from the Department of Conservation. Tyler is uh, a guest that we had on uh, about a month or so ago talking about uh, all kinds of interesting things like uh, snagging, which is important, and getting ready for a lot of the other things that uh, happen as we uh, begin to transition from uh, winter into spring. I will tell you, Bill DeCast will be on the program uh, next week uh, from SRG Financial Advisors. That uh, is where we call home the world headquarters, where we are right now, of SRG Financial Advisors, uh, 1055 Ozark Care Drive here in Osage Beach. You can stop by and uh, talk to them about your finances if that's something you would like to do. Uh, we will uh, be talking next week to uh, Ike Skelton, also on the program again next week, Mindy Sales. Uh, Danny Ellison, Dan Garrett, uh, who works here at SRG as well. He uh, is uh, somebody who is very musically inclinated, and we're going to talk a little bit about a group he's involved with and the fact that they are looking for some players. Uh, Friday again, we'll uh, look to uh, Tim Gallatin from the Camdenton Shed uh, for the Missouri Department of Transportation. Also, the, men, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the gentleman sitting in here with us uh, this morning, Dave Moppin, will return. But uh, we still have about uh, 20 minutes or so. want to cover some ground, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, something else, I guess. Uh, I don't know, was it uh, a topic of conversation at the meeting? Was it something that uh, you got wind of somehow? But uh, let's kind of ease into this here this morning. Yeah, let me just wrap up a couple things from the meeting real quick. So, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so they basically, at this point after the CAFO thing, the Camden County Commission had agreed to, one, have an evening meeting, and two, uh, table something so they could get more public input. At that point, I kind of had to check my GPS on my phone to make sure I was in Camden County. I was. <laughs> verified that. I was in the, at the right commission meeting. Right. Okay. Never heard this before from the commission. And uh, so th that's what they decided to do. Uh, some of the other items were... There was a uh, Medical Missions for Christ renovation. They've got their center down there. They generally also get donations as far as medical equipment and things like that. So they need to do a lot of renovation and replace some of their stuff. So they were basically coming and they were trying to seek ARPA money to get that. And the, the cost was going to be about $224,000. The auditors said that BKD, this is uh, KB's favorite ARPA consultant company that we paid $200,000 for, <laughs> Uh, they said that 138000 of the renovation costs are not eligible for ARPA. But it's interesting because the Treasury Department apparently did a final rule which said that any county that had less than $10 million in ARPA money can use the money for whatever they desire. Now, I'm not sure if that means they had to have a loss in revenue during the pandemic. There, there might be some rules. Nobody seems to really understand exactly what this rule was. Mm -hmm. If only we had an ARPA consulting firm that could clarify this issue for us. And <laughs> so, Well, so, I, I do know that I think, uh, as was announced by the Biden administration, that they are going to put together like an ARPA police 
squad that's uh, going to go around uh, checking everybody and making sure that they're utilizing the money or they've utilized the money properly. So I'm sure they're really going to focus on the blue states for that. That's going to be the, their main. Right on. <laughs> okay. So the, then the uh, final item was the Magic Dragon Trail. The commission had basically earmarked $150,000 in ARPA money for the Magic Dragon Trail. That is pretty clearly allowed by ARPA. There's actually, it does state that. Um, this was from last year, so now they voted to basically give them the $150,000. Well, now, I can see where that might almost make sense because with uh, COVID keeping everybody indoors, now right. you're going to work on something that is going to help people get outdoors and, and, uh, and get exercise. Yeah, I think that's the idea behind the ARPA part of it, that they're saying basically it lets people get out and do more. Uh, the Magic Dragon Trail has been doing a lot of work around here, people who don't know about it. Basically, they're trying to do like a Katy Trail-like uh, bicycling network that uh -huh. people could travel around, uh, ride around on, and then it might help, again, the economy be more of a 365-day-a-year uh, economy rather than a lake economy, because even during the winter, no, maybe not this winter, uh, the, that community, people would still come down. And it's, it's done a lot for Northwest Arkansas, all the investment that they put into their biking trails. Now, they have the, the Walton family down there that's been doing that for them. So they, they've had to raise money, but they've done a pretty good job so far raising money through private businesses mm -hmm. and corporations. So. That's what we like to see. Yeah, so the, basically the commission decided to throw some ARPA money in there on top of the pot. And so it's going to cost them quite a bit, I think, to do what, what their plans are. So we'll see how it all works out. And that's it. That was the commission meeting. So then the only other thing that came up was uh, recently, I don't know if people have been following on Facebook, but there was there was information that had come out that the uh, prosecuting attorney for Camden County, uh, Caleb Cunningham, had apparently asked the AG's office to investigate Nathan Rennie and Commissioner Gohagen for obstruction of justice. Okay. So I don't know. I'm not familiar with all the details of exactly why he's trying to do this. I guess it's a misdemeanor in the, in the state of Missouri. Uh, he's already tried. He already had a special prosecutor mm -hmm. that he, he asked for to uh, investigate the whole thing with Nathan Rennie, accusing them of trespassing and harassing Camden County employees. That was the Phelps County prosecutor. The Phelps County prosecutor investigated it and said he didn't think there was anything there that he would file criminally. Right. right. So it's interesting that the prosecutor basically is asking the AG's office to investigate this because the prosecutor is saying, you know, I you know, I kind of trying to recuse myself. I don't I don't want it to look improper that I'm investigating this. Yet if he thought that, he went to the Phelps County DA for the, uh, the basically the, the filing, the, the complaint filing. Yeah. He's asking the AG's office to investigate this other thing. If this was all the case, then why did he ever have his, his guy write the search warrant on Nathan Rennie's Facebook account? I mean, if it was improper to investigate something politically, then why did he do that first part? So it's kind of interesting because I think the, the one of the most important lessons about being a prosecutor is don't get involved in the politics in your own jurisdiction. And that's exactly what's happening. Right, and I think he's only been a prosecuting attorney for a year. People forget that he was only appointed in April. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a lack of experience on his part that he didn't realize that this, this would be something that could blow up. Because obviously, mm -hmm. it, the county's currently being sued in a lawsuit, a civil lawsuit. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want to make it look like is the prosecutor of that county is then using his prosecutorial powers to assist the county in defending itself from a civil lawsuit. Which would mean there's probably uh, 
a tie-in somewhere between somebody on the commission and the, the prosecuting attorney's office. Yeah, I mean, if it was a more transparent county government, we might know exactly what that is. I mean, it only makes sense. I don't think most people need a roadmap to figure out how this thing is, is playing out. It, it kind of reminds me of when I was a detective. You know, uh, when you're a detective and you're an experienced detective, you learn that investigating a case is kind of like walking through a minefield. Mm-hmm. You know, you're walking, there's there's traps, there's pitfalls. You can, Miranda, did I Mirandize the suspect? Okay, I made it, passed it through that test. The search warrant, is the search warrant good? We got all this great evidence. Okay, I, I avoided that mine. Because you might go and file your case and think you've got this great case, and when you go to the DA, the DA is like, wait, hold on a second. Your suspect was in handcuffs. You never Mirandized him. So there goes your confession you got. Wow. Um, you did the search warrant, but you guys actually searched an area of the house that was, or an outbuilding that wasn't described in your search warrant. That evidence is all gone. So suddenly you realize, okay, I stepped on that mine, I stepped on that mine, I stepped on that mine, and you walk through this minefield, and as you get more experience, you learn which mines can basically blow up your investigation as you're going. And a lot of these mines, you can't put your investigation back together again once it's done, just like a mine. <laughs> once it blows up, that's it. That's it, yeah. So as you're ex- an experienced detective, you'll be taking all these careful things and, and realizing, okay, i got to watch out for this, i got to watch out for that. Then next to you will be a new young detective who will just run through the minefield. He doesn't realize there's a minefield there. He's so inexperienced that he doesn't realize the dangers. And he's at the end of the minefield with you like, oh, oh man, that was, that was good. And you're like, did, did you do this? <laughs> no. Did you, did, no. He didn't even know any of that was there, but he was lucky enough to make it through. Here's the thing. When we look back on this, and you know, it's five years or ten years, and we look back on this, and the citizens of Camden County that remember what was going on here, will we be asking ourselves, was this really necessary? Was this really necessary in the first place? Or should someone have just taken the time to let the dust settle and not gone down this road and not gone down this direction and and not force the county to have to defend itself and utilize taxpayer dollars to defend itself in the first place? I mean, this is something that... I think when we look back on it, um, a lot of people will say, what a, what a bad decision. Yeah, so the good news as a writer is uh, it is all going to be remembered because there's somebody who's writing, namely me, all well, about yeah. <laughs> well, no, it, it, But you know what I mean. Of course we'll have, we will have some sort of representation. We right. will have some sort of log, uh, some sort of chronicle that we can look back on. But, you know, when we sit down and we think about things, and, and, and we do this in our daily lives, we look back on something, and I do this more so than a lot of people, I would imagine. Did I handle that situation properly? Could I have done something better? Could I have been smarter? Could I have uh, taken the opportunity to maybe just not have been so hot-headed and, and, and flown off the handle on something or someone? And, uh, you know, if I did, uh, did I go back and try to mend the fence a little bit? Did I, you know, uh, did I tell somebody that, hey, listen, uh, I'm sorry for the way I treated you or the way I handled things and, and try to make amends, or do you just, you know? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think probably if a lot of people had things to do differently yeah. in county government, they can, they could turn back the clock, they would probably handle a lot of these situations differently. The problem is there was a certain amount of pride, you know, hubris, and so they thought they could do this stuff, and as they get caught and then they try to double down again, they almost keep doubling down and yeah. doubling down on it, and it's just getting worse, and they're getting stuck deeper and deeper and deeper in the mud. And I don't, I, 
It's one thing to do what you want when you're sitting down at the Camden County Courthouse. When you're up at a federal courtroom uh-huh. in Jeff City and yeah. you're, you're being deposed or testifying, it's not fun. No, no, I, no, no. I've been the federal. Not at all. Everyone's always really cocky about going to federal court until you're actually sitting in a federal courtroom testifying. It's not a, it's not a great experience. And, for example, one thing that I'd point out is I've seen the search warrant affidavit that was written on Nathan Rennie's Facebook account. Uh-huh. And in it, the affiant consistently says that there was a trespass notice that was issued to Nathan Rennie. Trespass. Because basically one of the main, uh, when you're writing a search warrant, you have to have a crime, an underlying crime, that is why you're seeking evidence. Right. And I think one of them might have been harassment. One of them might have, one of them was trespass. And in the, the affidavit, the affiant says there's a trespass notice was issued, trespass notice was issued. When... Commissioner Hasty was deposed in Jeff City. He said Nathan Rennie was not trespassed. That there was no trespass. He wasn't aware of any trespass. Yeah. So, how does that? How is that gonna? Here's, here, you know, it's like you got the presiding commissioner saying he wasn't trespassed, and then you've got an affiant and a criminal search warrant saying he was trespassed. So, like, it's gonna look bad. I think once this all. So settles. again, I, I'll I'll reiterate what I said when we look back on this. <laughs> Were there things that could have been done differently, should have been done differently, and maybe this is something that uh, could have been easily handled with a phone call or, you know. uh, Well, I mean, honestly, the fact is, like, the whole whole thing that kicked it all off was uh, Nathan getting banned from all county property, which everyone Mm -hmm. thought was pretty outrageous. Uh, the commission later unbanned him, and then the judge issued a preliminary injunction saying that he wasn't banned anymore. So it's pretty clear that that initial thing that triggered it was incorrect, that that should not have been done. I mean, basically the judge in his injunction agreed that that shouldn't have been done. So then they doubled down with the search warrant. So they issued a search warrant for trespass and harassment. Um, We've talked about this before. I've never in the thousands of search warrants I've written or reviewed seen a search warrant for trespass. That's just not something that's ever done. Um, And they had all the evidence they needed to get a trespass charge because they had his uh, he he filled out his absentee ballot at the courthouse. Right. He filmed himself doing it, uh-huh. and they had all the 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 video from the courthouse of him being in there. There's cameras everywhere in the courthouse. They right. could have pulled the footage. So the interesting thing is, if someone now can be accused of of obstruction of justice for maybe I don't know deleting a text message or deleting a Facebook message, after that search warrant came out, probably. Half the residents of Camden County who knew about it, they started deleting their Facebook messages because they didn't realize that they never thought the prosecutor would write a search warrant for someone's Facebook account over something like this. Can they all now be charged <laughs> with obstruction of justice? It's just like, and my, and that my point is that they didn't even need to do the search warrant to get the information they needed. They had all the evidence they needed to prove that Nathan had gone onto county property. So why did they want to get a Facebook search warrant? Because they wanted to get all of his messages. Mm-hmm. So they could see who from the courthouse was talking to him, who from inside the sheriff's office was talking to him. They wanted to know where Nathan was getting all of his information. Right. Otherwise, why, why would you need his messages? It's really sad. I wonder how many people bailed on Facebook when that happened. Oh, I'm telling you, it's a lot of people. You know, like, just bailed on it completely and totally. And as a as a retired police officer, it's tough because I always try to reassure people that hey, you know, we're we're you know, people are suspicious of the police a lot of times. Oh yeah. And so, you know, it's 
So you try to reassure people, no, you know, we're not trying to out, just out to get people. Like we're trying to do the right thing. Uh-huh. And stuff like this just really is disheartening because it makes it like we we've mentioned it like is this going to make it so people don't trust the prosecutor's office anymore? This is your jury pool that you're pulling from. Well, I I think it it makes people kind of perk up and wonder if I disagree with something the county's doing, will they come after me? Because that's not what county government's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about helping the citizens in the county and doing what's right by the citizens and being good stewards of the citizens' money and using it for things that we need. And, you know, not everyone is going to agree with every dollar spent and how it's spent. Uh, but I'm certain that most people won't agree with a county that, uh, you know, singles out individuals. And, and, and let me say this. I, I think that initially, uh, again, this could have been something that would have been easily fixed. And, you know, maybe you need to know the rules a little bit before you start issuing bans. And, you know, if, if, if that's the case, well, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe it could have been a simple... Uh, sit down and, and, hey, listen, you know, when you come into the uh, the commission meetings, you know, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate your attendance, your enthusiasm about county government. But maybe just, you know, don't always, you know, just yell out or have an outburst when, when something something doesn't uh, go well with what it is your, you know, thought process is all about. And it could have been handled that way. And, and I don't know, were there any real warnings that were <laughs> That's issued? That's what I was going to say. There was no warning. <laughs> You didn't, and that's something that, that was pointed out, I think, in the court case, where mm-hmm. it's, there was no warnings issued. There was no, uh, you know, kind of like, hey. Three you, strikes, you're out. Right, yeah. if you do this, or we're kicking you out of this meeting, yeah. and if you come back again and you act like this, like, yeah, I don't think he was ever actually, Nathan was ever actually kicked out of a commission yeah. meeting. Yeah. It was just like, okay, now we're going to ban him. So, and, and again, he wasn't banned from the commission. He was banned from all county property, county, <laughs> county library. Uh, can't park over at the Ozark Amphitheater overflow parking lot that everyone loves. <laughs> he, I, and I always told him, I said, you can't even go to jail. They can't put you in jail. You're banned from the jail. <laughs> Good thing uh, it wasn't a school board meeting or he might have been labeled a domestic terrorist. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, where are we living? Is this a Stalinist county in Missouri? It's like, how can now political opponents of the commission can just be criminally prosecuted? Well, I guess there was a little confusion when COVID rolled in as to how things were going to be handled because now it's like a, 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 the difference between day and night. I mean, if you ask them now how things, uh, you know, were going to go, oh, well, you know, we, we kept the doors open, we kept the, you know, the money flowing and, and everything like that. So maybe it's just uh, you need to, to read things a little closer or, you know, maybe you just need to read things, period, before you, you get into things or, 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 or sit down. Don't we have, a, don't we have some sort of legal advisor that's supposed to be helping out the commission sure. with their decisions? Charlie Mackley. Yeah. Where where was this guy at? Well, we don't know. Maybe he told them not to ban him. I mean, you, you don't know what they did. I mean, like, Monica will get worried sometimes. She's like, when she hears all this stuff going on, I'll be right. like, oh, you won't believe. She's like, we're okay, right? Like, they're not going to do anything to you. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, I don't think they will. <laughs> You, know. you don't know because it kind of shakes your faith in the way the system's supposed to work. And so then you start, like, could they be capable of anything? I always liken this back to uh, what goes on in Miller County. I mean, you, you have, I'm sure, disturbances and issues and people that aren't happy, but you never really hear about this kind of stuff in uh, in the news at all. It's like they're able to kind of keep a cap on their business and, and do things. You know, let, let's sit down and talk about this like, you know, 
level-headed people. Let's sit down and talk about this. And, you know, obviously, there's something that gets you upset when you come into the commission meeting that makes you, uh, you know, have these outbursts or whatever. What can we do to kind of just maybe make things roll a little smoother? Uh, you know, whatever. Nine fifty-seven. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> I don't think there's much you can say about it. I mean, the damage has already been done, and so now we're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and see uh, see how they handle things legally. Who knows? 9.57 is our time. I-, I wanted to talk briefly about something we discussed last week, and, and, and that was public comment and the, the, the way that it is set up, because... Uh, there were uh, a number of people that got back to me after your visit last week, and you know they were trying to kind of shed a little light on why the county does the public comment process the way that they do. Uh, and and I don't know if you've had an opportunity to delve into this much at all. Uh, I'm always there. I mean, I I made my suggestion for how I thought it would work. I thought, of course, I always think my ideas are the best ideas. Of course. (laughs) But but yeah, so it it has changed. I mean, to be initial. When I first started going to meetings, there was no public comment, and people just blurted stuff out during yeah. the meetings. And, yeah. and there was kind of a free-for-all. So that obviously led to people being banned. And so then they went, now they've gone to a public comment where usually they remember to do it, where they do a public comment in the beginning, but you can only talk about agenda items, uh-huh. items that are on the agenda. Right. But you have to talk about everything before you hear them talk about it. Sometimes based on the description, you don't even really know what the issue that's going to be addressed. It, you, it might have some vague thing like, you know, it's your town's name. So you want to say something during the meeting. This last one, they did public comment before each item. Mm-hmm. Um, my recommendation was always that they do a first reading on Tuesday, followed by public comment. Then on Thursday, they vote, they discuss and vote, but listen to public comment before that Thursday meeting. So there you go. Dave Moppin with Among the Dogwoods. He is a regular fixture on the program every Friday. We'll bring him in about 9.10, and we'll do it again uh, next Friday as long as he is able and willing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, sir. Have a great weekend, folks. We appreciate it. Uh, A little bit of rain off and on today, maybe tonight, but some nice weather this weekend. Get out and make the most of this uh, wonderful place we call the Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK Osage.